It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Thursday, December 21st. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is so excited to talk World Juniors. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Russ. Always fun. We will get into that, plus Flyers versus Preds round two, and touch on Flyers goaltending prospect Alexi Kolosov. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen who's everywhere on social media at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, there were some interesting rumors about a former flyer, Nolan Patrick, that he had officially retired from hockey. Not true, though. Yeah, it's a shame. You feel bad. I think what's going on is, well, let's, let's face it, he was never in love with the media. So if he had a chance to prove the media wrong, he would do it. Um, but I also think it's contractual. Like he's, he's still collecting. So he can't say that he's retired if he's collecting. Mm. So I think that's the issue. Yeah, that could be part of it as well. Uh, meanwhile, the Flyers are facing the Nashville Predators again. Uh, this is our deja vu week, as we <laughs> mentioned earlier with teams we've seen recently uh we saw the preds on december 12th where the flyers lost in overtime three to two and uh since then the uh, preds have won in overtime versus the canes they won versus the caps but most recently lost to the canucks in a bit of a mess of a game i would say uh they lost five to two uh, Saros was pulled from that game uh, after the Canucks' fifth goal in that one. McCarron got into it for no good reason and was tossed from the game. Yeah. So you, you got to think the Preds are going to be in a, a mode to try and get back on the horse and kind of put that game out of their mind. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I do have a a note for the beat reporters. Don't ask John about that last game against the Predators because he'll just say he doesn't remember it. That's his new, <laughs> new shtick now. I don't remember it. Okay. But I'm sure he does remember it, and he's going to want to. I, I would expect this game to start off with a fight right away. Like I would say within the first 45 seconds because I think they'll remember. They'll remember what happened, and they're going to try and sort of set the tone in this one. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, the, the Flyers have continued to find um, success and, and the Preds have too, for the most part, it's just this last game 
that they um, really just like couldn't put it together at all. So I think that there's, you know, motivation on both sides here where, you know, to your point, the Flyers want to win this one this time. Preds want to shake that last game off their backs. It is could be a recipe for a very physical game. I think it will be. I mean, they play similar styles. I would expect Soros to be in there. Yeah. I think it's going to be a test. This will be a good test um, for the Flyers to kind of see when they face another team now that's going to give similar effort, play the same way, look for the same mistakes. You know, it'll it'll be a, a test for Sam Erson, too. Yeah, I think so. And um, the last three weeks for these two teams have been um, pretty similar, but there's a there's some slight differences here where you can see what the difference is between these two teams. So you look at their last three weeks. Flyers are tied for the Preds uh, with the Preds for points in the league at 16, which is one below those aforementioned Canucks. Right. So, and that's like at the top, the Flyers have the best point percentage in the league at that time. Um, But the Flyers are doing it with less than three goals per game, which just speaks to the defensive effort that's being put forth. Yeah. And there's going to be a big defensive effort. It'll it'll be defense first from both teams. I mean, the Flyers might try and press uh, after this fight early on, but it'll settle into a shot blocking affair, I think. Yeah, so the Flyers are allowing fewer goals. That's 2.3 per game uh, than the Preds, who are at 2.92 goals allowed per game. So there, there is a little bit of a bigger differential there in the goals allowed stat. And, and that's where I think just the Flyers have to continue to play smart uh, defensive hockey while you know working hard to get those chances that they've been uh, kind of having that hybrid approach. Yeah, and I think the um, again, sometimes it's that two prong, two prong hybrid or three prong. So, but I think lately I've been noticing it's just two, right? Just the, the shot blocking and or the pressing, and I, yeah. and I think we'll see that. I don't know who the backup goal is going to be. I'm hoping it's not Carter Hart. Honestly, I really want him to just rest. I don't think it's a good time to have him on the even as sitting on the bench. He didn't look good at all, so yeah. I, I I don't think he needs to be in the picture. And I think someone needs to tell him to stay home. I think it's like that. But it won't, you know, that, that part shouldn't matter too much. But what will matter is, is Morgan Frost going to be in the lineup because he made a mistake last game? Like, that's going to be the question for me. Yeah, I think he will. I, and, you know, I, I just I just can't see a reason other than that in Tortorella's estimation to to sit him given everything else he's been doing and the fact that Torts has talked positively about him uh, very recently and you know uh, having Rhett Gardner in this game instead of Morgan Frost just seems ludicrous at this point not if they want to like start a fight at the beginning of the game it doesn't well, then they can have Gardner do it and then it won't matter how long he sits I mean, there is that, but I just, just saying, I just don't see it. Yeah. yeah, I just don't see it, though, in a game that, you know, is going to be tight, like I've just been talking about, and, you know, the Flyers want to win this time. I, I just don't see it devolving that way into, like, a truly physical battle, you know, in terms of the personnel. But, you know, stranger things have happened, but I, oh, I yeah. just don't see that. Um. You know, I think that 
you know, one of the other ways that the Flyers can take advantage here is at the faceoff dot. If they can just get past Nashville and get some more set play opportunities here, because both teams are below 50% at the dot. So the Flyers have got to win some of these, right? Yeah, the problem is, like, Philip Forsberg might be below 50% on the dot, but he's still a physical presence to battle. And so that's going to wear anybody down. And we saw Couturier got worn down last game. So they've got to really manage his minutes the right way and have him match up. He's the only one I think that can match up to to Forsberg. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, second efforts are going to come in, where even if you lose the faceoff, you just muscle your way through and get the puck anyway, right? Right. Yeah, depending on on who his other wingers are. Um, But, yeah, Forsberg's a – he's tough. So that's – that is going to be a battle. I think you're right. I think that's a uh, another big deal about this game. But, I, yeah, I think this will be a tight game. I don't think either team's running away with it. No. I mean, I just don't see it on either side of the puck in terms of a high-scoring uh, match. I certainly hope it doesn't go to overtime because I'm kind of over the overtime games right now. Too many, too many overtimes. Too many overtimes, indeed. Well, uh, it's time to switch gears and talk about some prospects. We're going to start with a quick check-in of Alexei Kolosov. Before later, we're going to talk about World Juniors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for, and with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back, because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. They've got all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. The Flyers, of course, will be facing the Nashville Predators tonight at 7 p.m. Catch every second of the Flyers hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, search for Flyers. And uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to recap that game and do another Deja Vu preview against the Detroit Red Wings. Alexei Kolosov uh, is part of the Flyers' pretty solid goaltending depth that we have right now on uh, in the organization And uh, he was a 2021 third round pick. Uh, If we recall, they signed him this past summer to his ELC, knowing that a year was going to get burned in the KHL. He's on Dynamo Minsk. Um, They are second to last in their division, though. So it's kind of a a tough assignment for him. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's really one of the only ways goalies get to play unless you're Sorokin or Shesterkin and you know, you could play on the best team and be the best goalie, right? So, in a way, I don't mind it. Uh, watching, you know, watching stuff on Instat, though, I mean, a lot of times goals are scored on him, power play, breakaways, those kinds of things. But he has some interesting stats. Like, 
And and again, this kind of tells you what he's up against on a daily basis. So his his breakaway save percentage is seventy four percent. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I, I noticed he there's quite a few breakaways. Yeah. Um, you know, this is subjective, but his brilliant save is um, his percentage is one point nine one. So that's that's actually pretty good. Scoring area saves eighty two percent. He's over uh, you know ninety percent save percentage, which is good. PK goals against 0.85, so it's less than one a game. That's good. Gets a lot of minutes. Shootout save, 63. I mean, you know, I think in that league, 63 is probably pretty good because there's a lot of talented guys with good moves in, in Russia. You know, there's, they want to do shootouts there. There's guys in the NHL who don't want to do shootouts that go regularly, but in Russia, they all want to do it. So, you know, I actually, uh, he's got three shutouts. Yep. So you want this. You want this kind of workload, even if it's not the most successful team. You know, the plan is he'll come over next year. Will that happen? You never know. It's still Russia. But, you know, he's talented. It's What's interesting is when you watch him, he's one of those goalies, though, that doesn't really use his glove to glove it all the time. A lot of times he's going to put it out let it deflect off in the corner or put it in the corner. So I don't love that. I like guys who kind of do clean glove saves, but he doesn't do it all the time. Same with his leg saves. A lot of times he's directing it into the corner. I think that works well when you have a very mobile defense that kind of knows what you're doing, but you got to really be on on the same page. So that's something where when he comes over, he's going to have to work that, you know, with the defenseman. Yeah, or I, he may have to change his style a bit uh, when he comes over. But yeah. I, I'm sure that's something they're talking to him about, you know, as he's going through this season and say, look, you can do that there, but we're going to have to change that so that you're covering the puck or you're holding on to it a second. Well, he does cover longer. the puck a lot. That's the that's the other thing is like if you, if you shoot it, um, you know, on his chest, near high, whatever, he's going to cover it right away. These are just other ones where I feel like he thinks he can get a break going um, with yeah. the option, so he kind of directs it. So I think it's like that. I don't think it's a, a, a situation where you have to tell him to do it. I think he's just got a feel for the game where he kind of thinks he's helping out the offense. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, one of the other interesting things about Dynamo Minsk is that they are second to last in their division. But they actually have, even though it's only by one goal right now, a positive goal differential and one. And so I think that speaks to the goaltending to a significant degree that, you know, you look at the team that's in last place and they're a negative 40. So that's a huge difference in goal differential there. And you can point to the goaltending. Yeah. And I mean, look, he's not the biggest guy, but at six foot, I think you can still make it at six foot in the NHL. And so I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I do feel like he covers enough net. Sure, you're going to go high on him, but you're going to go high on a guy who's 6'4", too, because they usually leave the corner. So yeah. kind of everybody goes high. So Yeah, it is so weird. Like it, I feel like there's this trend of going short side high yes. right now. Because I think, I think the trend is there because that's what the goalie coaches kind of teach them. Like, just give them this little bit to shoot at in the upper left or upper right. The problem is in the NHL, they can hit it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but in other leagues they can't. So I think that's you know just what they're taught. We don't see much 
we don't see a lot of goalies with big five holes anymore. Like when I was growing up, there were goalies with mm-hmm. big five holes. I used to get mad at John Davidson, who's the who's with you know Columbus now, and he was a Ranger goalie. He had a massive five hole because he was a big guy for for those days for being a goalie. You're like six four, you know, six three, and so now you don't see guys who are six three, six four with big five holes. You know, you just don't see it. So that's you know that's the weakness area generally. Yeah, it's just interesting the way goaltending trends change and how shooters adjust to yeah. those changing goaltending styles. Um, but yeah, like all the, I think, highlight real goals we're seeing right now are short side high. It's, yeah. it's pretty remarkable. And guys are practicing that all the time. They're shooting that in warmups. They're doing it, in, you know, in their own practices. That's That's what they do. Well, and that's a space that's open in the shooter tutor for the kids. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, getting back to Kolosov, I think that, you know, there's a question here as to uh, where he potentially fits in the Flyers goaltending depth because of him being in the KHL. And there is that question mark of is he going to actually come over to North America next offseason? Well, I think that's the plan, because I don't think they would have signed him to an ELC if they didn't think he, they could get him over. I think because he's playing for a lesser team and he hasn't had any black marks on his record like Fedotov, I think they're going to let him go. So he's yeah. played three, you know, this is his fourth year, not full year, but third full year in the KHL. And provided he's uh, served his uh, country, it's just, as we know, is an, is an issue. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be coming. Yeah, well, and he is Belarusian, not Russian. specifically so that does make a slight difference here in terms of his ability to leave i think probably yeah i would think so yeah and where do you think he fits um relative to carson bjarnason because in terms of their path and, and their development because i see them kind of coming you know a year apart maybe from each other and i think it's gonna be more like Two to three years two, apart. Two to three years, you think? Yeah, I think Bjarnason's on a on a slower track, which is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Again, people don't like when you talk about these things in the future, but you know they could if they didn't do anything right and they were to sign everybody, they'd have four goalies in the future. It's not going to happen. No. So at some point, you know things will start to happen. Like right now, I think Sandstrom is going to be the guy that falls off because a few years ago, you know, I had. I had mentioned I felt Ursan was better. Then he won that tournament trophy in camp. And ever since then, he's been on a better track than Sandstrom. Well, the same thing might happen with Kolosov and Bjarnason because we have to, we have to imagine Ursan will still be in the mix. But at that point, you know, four or five years down the line, Carter Hart may not be in the mix. And so there's probably room for three of these guys. There absolutely will be. Well, uh, we'll be following Alexei Kolosov over the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll see him uh, next summer at some point. In the meantime, uh, as I said up top, it is the most wonderful time of the year, and that is World Juniors. We're going to talk about the Flyers prospects and the tournament overall coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. 
Fans can also play daily fantasy, NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. While elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus new, the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. Choose from stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, Russ, we had talked a little bit about Team Canada leaving a roster spot open uh, with a potential for Denver Barkey to be named to it. But alas, that was not to be. Nah, Poitras, you know, he, the Bruins made him available because he was scoring less. So can't blame him. The guy's got NHL experience. But they did leave that spot open an awful long time. So, you know, there was a, there was a little bit of a chance. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, Cutter Gautier was given an A on the Team USA squad, part of the leadership group, which we knew was going to be the case. Uh, so McGrady is the team captain there, who's a line mate of Gautier. Yeah, and they room together, and they're you know that that's a really formidable um, duo there. Uh, it's nice that you know they have these guys that have a little bit of experience, but a lot of talent, and and Gautier, you know. I would think he's the most talented guy there, maybe the second most talented, depending on you know how you want to break down Lane Hudson's game. But uh, otherwise, yeah, pretty talented team. They're always going to be picked to win gold or expecting to win gold. Uh, but this is a tournament that you just never know, man. I mean, it's like you can go in there with the highest of expectations, all of a sudden lose a game early, all of a sudden things change. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the more fun tournaments we've seen because I think not only are there high expectations for both team USA and Canada, but I think there's a chance for some spoiler action to happen from some of the other nations. Uh, I think there's some new talent coming up there that should make it interesting. Uh, the practice games, uh, exhibition games are underway already for this tournament. Um, Canada started off with an eight to nothing win over Denmark, which is interesting exhibition game to start off with for them um slightly less challenging i would say um yeah, i mean i agree i think i think canada is trying to pump themselves up i mean they have a lot of good players don't get me wrong but you know yeah. as an example they left andrew cristal off the list mm -hmm. i get it he's only 18 but you know, he's got 52 points in 26 games that's a lot of points um, Highly motivated it, kid too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just it's it's one of those things where they were looking for the best team, and as a result, I don't love their roster. I don't. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, uh, Team USA has their first uh, exhibition game versus Sweden, which I think is a better opponent to start off with. 
Um, and they're in opposite groups in the tournament. So we have Group A with Canada, Sweden, Finland, Latvia, and Germany. Uh, group B is USA, Czechia, Slovakia, uh, where our other prospect, Alex Sjernik, is playing, and Switzerland and Norway. So I think these groups are, are going to be fascinating. Just the way they're split, having uh, Sweden and Finland in the same group, I think is going to cause some issues here and uh Czechia and Slovakia being in the same group um I, I just think is it's the way the preliminary round is going to go should be a lot of fun yeah Sweden's going to be really tough they have uh Axel Sandin Pelica and Tom Willander mm-hmm. as a potential top pairing which is great for them brutal for anybody that has to face them uh Otto Stenberg if you remember he's a guy that's that's really yep. good I, I like Zeb Forstel He's another David Edstrom plays a tough game and can score. They got a big, they got a lot of good guys, and they have Felix Unger Sorghum, who just because he is named Felix Unger, I like him, but he is a good <laughs> player too. So his parents have a Sorum rather, not Sorghum. Um, so he's another guy you really have to watch. They have, I think, the second most talented team uh, at the tournament. So this is a good one to kind of see early and see, yeah. you know, where you stack up. And and I think the U.S. did it that way on purpose. Yeah, I think that was a much smarter approach, I got to say, than going for a layup in, in the right. first game. But, you know, I'm not biased at all like, for no. Team USA. No, not at one. all. Um, and, of uh, course, of you know, the big, the big talk that's getting really blown out of proportion is, you know, Max Celebrini, the next Sidney Crosby. You know, I'm not going to say that. Um, no. I like him. I like his play. I like what he's done in the NCAA. Uh, I don't think he has the same skill set as Crosby. I think it's really good. Uh, I think you might say he's got a you know a similar skill set that would get him like John Tavares results, which is still a hell of a player, right? He just played in his thousandth game. So, but you know, be careful when you're you know you're gonna push up somebody next to Crosby who's who's got a um, an Olympic game winning gold medal winning, you know, goal against the U S that everybody still remembers, you know, that's a high mark there. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that for sure. And, uh, I think that, you know, looking at the way the tournament could go again, Canada and USA get all the play here. Um, we do want to see Oliver Bonk play well for team Canada. Yeah, I mean, there's always that thing where you, you want to. Um, you know, Matthew Wood's a guy to watch there. He's that big guy out of college that we'll see where his skating is at because of the extra room on the sheet. Uh, he could be a really hard guy, though. I mean, he's a big physical guy. Of course, you're going to still want to watch Matthew Savoy. Matthew Savoy is going to be a big star in this because he's a really good two-way player. And uh, Denton Matejchuk, who could be one of the best defensemen in the tournament, too. So Canada's got their guys, but... And Bonk, you know, first pairing or second pairing, he's he's going to be really good. But in the end, I just think they're going to come up a little short. I just don't think they're um, – I think they went for the overall team approach rather than the most talented team, and I think it may cost them. Yeah, I think that's um, – you know, sometimes they do that. I feel like Canada goes – like the pendulum swings too far in either yeah. direction that they overcompensate sometimes. Yeah. Whereas I think Team USA does tend to go for the talent and then put it together however it fits. 
but I mean, the difference could be in goal. I mean, you know, the U.S. is Jacob Fowler and Trey Augustine, and that that's better than Scott Ratzlaff and and whoever else they're going to put there because I'm pretty sure Ratzlaff is going to be the guy. Um, so that's really where I think the uh, the difference is going to be. Yeah. Are, are there any other uh, prospects to keep an eye on, especially draft eligible? Uh, yeah. G. Boom, Boom, who we've talked about on the show on the U.S. team, we'll be we'll be watching for him. I mentioned Celebrini. Uh, those are two of the bigger ones at the moment. There's always going to be guys that make themselves known. Um, I, I do worry about Slovakia. They have a really good big team and, you know, and Alex Shernick is going to probably be on their top line. So I think Flyers fans should look out for him because I think he could show something. He's playing with Delaborg Dvorsky and um, who's the, oh, and I think Martin uh, Misiak. So I think I think that's their top line. So that's pretty formidable. So that's also another thing to watch out for. Um, but yeah, other than that, right now I'll say that's that's the short list. Yeah. So uh, as far as watching this tournament in the U.S., uh, it's mostly on NHL Network. There's a couple games that'll be on ESPN Plus and uh, in Canada. I think prelims. Yeah, prelims. And then uh, TSN is the place to be in Canada for those things. Uh, Very, very excited. As I said, I'm just a world juniors junkie. Uh, I have been watching this tournament for a very long time and it's one of my favorite things in the hockey calendar. So we will be talking about it more on the show as the tournament begins proper next Tuesday. Uh, And in the meantime, tomorrow we will recap the game against the Preds and talk about Red Wings part the second. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions, you can send them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.